Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Another world. Another time. In the age of wonder. There was once a dream. You could only whisper it. Anything more than a whisper. And it would vanish. A battle between good and evil. You don't know the power of the dark side. Where shall I find a new adversary so close to my own level? Try the local sewer. You know of the rebellion against the Empire? The Avengers, Earth's mightiest heroes. Peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. One of these days, I'm gonna have a stick of my own. I'm Groot. Welcome to the Neverland Podcast. The podcast for lovers of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Please welcome your host, Jeremy. I thought he'd be taller. Yeah, I can find All it takes is faith. Trust. Well, if it isn't the Star Spangled Man with a plan, what is your plan today? Up to Neverland! Take your pixie out of your pockets, Neverlanders. Sprinkle some of that pixie dust around and think up that happiest thought and come fly with me to Neverland. Well, who am I? I am Jeremy. I'm your head lost boy around here. You can call me the Spider Pan. I am the Pan because I'm the head lost boy. I'm the Spider Pan because I'm a big Spider-Man fan. And, well, every lost boy has to have a nickname. And you can choose one for yourself. Visit our website, NeverlandPodcast.com. Go to our Neverlanders page and choose a nickname for yourself. We accept both lost boys and pixies. However, we don't have any lost girls because girls are too clever and they just don't get lost. You can also find links there to support us on Patreon, links to our YouTube channel, because I do have some fun there. I posted a video up there last week, which I will be talking about a little bit later in the show. This week has been where I'm kind of having to add some stuff into the show. Initially, I had a nice, great conversation about some of the things we learned about in San Diego Comic-Con that we're excited about, and you may have heard about already a bunch of times, but we're hoping we did something a little different and that you will enjoy our fun conversation. I have Eric with me, and of course, we did have a special guest named Ty uh, that I will be doing a show with later called Mousecast, him and uh, I I guess a panel of others. Uh, We haven't started recording. This show does exist, uh, and... And they're having a bit of a change in format, and I've been invited to be a part of that show. It's Mousecast, all one word, but with a K instead of a C. They do have some episodes available from the previous group. Uh, I can hear that as I've been listening to the old shows, I can hear it kind of grow and develop. Uh, It's still a fairly new show, but I will be a part of it uh, very, very soon. I think we're still trying to lock down when we're going to start recording it. Uh, But So that was my plan, and I had recorded pretty much the entire show. I just had to release it, but... We did have a couple of major events this week with the passing of both Rutger Hauer and, of course, our own Minnie Mouse and so many other characters for Disney and all kinds of other cartoons, Rusi Taylor. 
And so I have to definitely take a, a moment here and uh, let's, well, let's give a little tribute to Rutger Hauer before we really deep dive into Rusi Taylor and how much she's really meant to us and all the voices she's done that it might blow your socks off <laughs> if you really think about all the voices. And I've had to get some help to try to get something together. Tim Nidell from Saturday Morning Rewind, he did leave me a voicemail, which we'll listen to later. Uh, but he's also put together a really good video that collects a lot of her characters. And so I've lifted that audio. Uh, Make sure you check out his show, Saturday Morning Rewind. He goes and talks to voice actors, a lot of cartoons. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and then Jason Schlierman also, you're going to hear from him as a, a voicemail. He is the, uh, well, host and creator. It's it's still got a podcast out there, but he's not making anything new. But DAF Radio, which Disney Afternoon Forever is what DAF means. Uh, he's a big proponent of the classic Disney Afternoon. And he's always uh, leaning on Disney to try to get some more releases of those cartoons. So uh, it's very, very fun. So we're going to get into that, but I wanted to get in here with Rutger Hauer. Now, maybe you don't know that name offhand, but I guarantee you've seen him. If you've been any part of any sort of nerd culture, you've seen him. He played the villain in the film of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That might be where you first saw him. Uh, there's a movie we can't really talk too much about, Blade Runner. It's an R-rated film, so we don't really discuss it quite on this show because it's a very family-oriented show that we have here. Uh, but... Uh, he's got a great bit of dialogue. He plays basically the villain, but as you get to this point in the movie, you start to wonder, maybe he isn't as evil. He's just desperate. Uh, Blade Runner, uh, to try to explain it to you if you haven't seen it, and what makes this scene so powerful is that you know, this is supposed to have been in the future when it was uh, when it was made, but it was November of 2019 is when these stories take place. I mean, this is a movie from like the early 80s. So, you know, it was a vision of the future. Now it's like we're coming up on this time it's supposed to happen. But there was what was known as replicants. And these were, they're not clones of humans, but it's hard. It's almost like a biological machine. They're, they're not human, but maybe they're more human than they ever were given credit for. They're like a replicants. They're like an artificial human. But not quite human, but they're artificial and in some weird ways, almost, you know, kind of biological. They can bleed, they can die, and replicants just don't live for very long. They're just designed that way, and they're looking for a way to cure themselves, and a few replicants kind of go rogue. And there's there's a big complicated backstory about there was a uh, like a civil war, an uprising on another planet where they were using replicants for mining and stuff like that. But uh, Harrison Ford is a Blade Runner, and it's his job to hunt down replicants because they were outlawed on Earth. So he hunts them down and kills them, and he is sent to track down three rogue replicants. Uh, this is the plot of the movie, and they're led by a character named Roy, uh, who's played by Rutger Hauer. And at the end, there's this dramatic chase. And Roy is this, he's totally scary villain. He's very scary in this. And you have this chase where Harrison Ford, his character has, been, you know, Deckard, has been chasing him all through the film. And finally, he makes it, you know, Roy manages it because they got, like, enhanced strength. He jumps across from one building to another and makes it, no problem. Deckard comes behind him, jumps, but misses and is dangling off the ledge of the building. Surprisingly, Roy comes over. And you think, oh, that's it. Deckard's done for. He's going to finish him off. And right as Deckard loses his grip on the rainy, rainy side of the building that he's hanging on to, Roy, faster than lightning, just reaches down and snatches him up and pulls him up onto the roof. Even though we've seen him kill humans in his quest to find a way to expand his life, 
He's just saved Deckard, the guy who's been hunting him down to kill him the entire movie. And Deckard is completely at his mercy now. But what happens is pretty amazing. Roy just sits down across from Deckard. And this is what he says. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. I watched sea beams glitter in the dark near the Tenhauser Gate. All those moments will be lost in time. Like tears. Now this this quote is is kind of fantastic. It's basically this is a replicant who's he knows he's at the end of his life, and he just just dies. And how fitting now that here you know Rutger Howard is Rutger Howard is gone, and to, to have this line now everybody's kind of recirculating it right now. It's the last thing that the replicant Roy says, and it's so fitting. He's talking about all the things that he's seen, all these memories, and they're just going to be gone. You know, um, the question would be, like, with replicants, they're not humans. What sort of afterlife might they expect, if anything? Are they just figuring, you know, I'm here, I'm artificial, I'm going to have memories, I'm going to feel everything like a human, but I'm not quite human, and when I'm gone, I'm just gone. And, well, there are many humans out there that they believe that's the same way they're going to be. Uh, I personally believe there is an afterlife, but uh, we can discuss that at another time, but not on the podcast. That's not where I'm here for uh, but it's such a fitting line, though. It's uh, looking at the end of his life. But Rudger Howard, so many great roles. Most memorable whole, re- more recently, is Batman Begins. You know, didn't you get the memo? Uh, he, he's great at playing villains. I have seen him play a hero once. There was a movie called Blind Fury. He was like this blind ninja, pretty much. It was kind of a cool, it's a cheesy 80s action flick. Uh, but I do remember watching that one more than once. And I think that's the first movie I'd seen him in. Uh, but he will be missed. He was such a great actor. But now moving on to the great Rusi Taylor. They decided somewhere along the way, somewhere around about 85 or 86, with totally many to bring her back. And there were, oh my goodness, there must have been about 160 people who auditioned for her. And I got lucky, very lucky. The best part is that I, you know, ran into Wayne and and here we here are. We are. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> so much for special events. <laughs> Relax. I used to think I was a nobody, too. Watch this. In fact, I used to be a little, well, <laughs> Ralphie. Yep, and tomorrow we're gonna die eggs. Uh-uh, it's not missing. I have it. See, I have to be very careful with this egg. It's gonna be my very own secret special Easter egg. Oh, everybody knows the king. Come in. Look, honey, it's the king. Well, uh, no, your majesty. Pearl went out tonight. She could be anywhere. She does what she pleases. Usually, we don't make waves. 
about life in Duckburg, Mr. Duck. I just know that these two weeks will be out of this world. Apprentice Watcher Second Class. Perfection is not something to be rushed, Gusty. The sun is the lamp that lights our valley. It gives color to our fields and flowers and spreads beauty and love with its warmth. What could happen? It's a beautiful day. The sun is shining. Life is wonderful. Wow, it does, Uncle Scrooge. You mean you'll support our program? You don't care anything about sport, Goofy. And after all he's done for this team. Hiya, Ronald. I'm giving flying lessons. Oh, we don't need a plane. Nope. Hang on, Ronald. Come on, we go. Hey, Slade, I told you to keep your beasts away from my Todd. That made me how the just cost me a bucket of milk. Well. As long as you're wasting my milk, you may as well have some pie to go along with it. Oh, oh little puppet. Now you are a real boy. Oh. Oh. I'm a real boy, my real me. <laughs> oh, i Oh, what a special day this is going to be. Now, Daisy, we have to wait for our dear friend Maggie to get here. Yes, right up. Don't be shy. Look like a prince. Talk like a poet. Smell like a petunia. Madame Placebo, mistress of miracles, motions, motions, and potions. Tell me, kind sir, what is it that you desire? What's your name? I'm Lana. Let's sit up here. Are you gonna help us, lady? I guess. They're always following me around. I don't know. What's wrong, Timmy? Nobody hold it. My hands! Cinderella book there is. Cinderella would read it. And if you made it, I know that she'd love it. And certainly not by a princess. 
dukes and viscounts sit nearest the king unless there is a marquee present. Breakfast? Ooh, with toast and jam? Which color is correct, your highness? Cream or echo? Oh, Sir Hugh's kitty! Oh, come, sweet homes, let's go find your master! Oh, aren't you just Stop hogging the mirror! <gasps> That's mine! Oh, you're right. It is yours. Rob, listen very closely to me. Exactly right. You were, dear. You were. But it's not enough just to hit the right notes. My... Oh, oh, oh dear, no. It turns out my gold wasn't stolen at all. It was just in the wrong pocket. See? They stuffers. Trebbing Norm Duke. Here's a tip. Put a pinch of sage in your boots, and all day long a spicy scent is your reward. Oh, lunch lady, please do have another sloppy jimbo. That's a good night. Look at him. I bet he didn't study again. And now he's going to try to kiss up and get answers from us. He's pathetic. Golly, relax, Ronald. I've been 
been practicing my landings. Whoa! Gosh, Mr. Oak, thanks for going out on a limb to rescue me. <laughs> Gosh, Ronald, are you going to do some more magic tricks? He's so cute. <laughs> yes, please say you did. Yes, we'll leave right away. Mama! I want to go home. No! I want my mommy! Please! I suppose you're right. My cottage is just across this bridge. Oh, Huckleberry, the bridge is broken. I don't think we can get around that fallen tree. Sorry, Dad. No stories for these two till they finish cleaning up their room. Supper! Oh, I best be getting home myself. Oh, that's right! I suppose I'd better be doing some studying tomorrow, too. We've got to help them, but our magic won't work. No, this will never do. Here, you'll need this to get inside the castle. It's magic potion. My own secret recipe made from scratch. Oh, good Queen Clarabelle. Oh, we'd do anything to help her. All you have to do is take the... Now, let me just run through a few of the roles here that's on IMDb. I mean, it, and it goes way, way back, I'm telling you. Uh, she was in about everything, uh, but she was Strawberry Shortcake in a short TV, short TV series, really, of Strawberry Shortcake. Uh, she did also a TV movie. Uh, the Flintstones comedy show, she was Pebbles Flintstone and also a cave mouse. Heathcliff, she played Barbie Winslow. I don't necessarily remember that one. Uh, she continued to be Strawberry Shortcake for a long time. Uh, moving right along, she was the voice of Pac-Baby on that Pac-Man animated series from the 80s. Hopefully y'all remember that. Uh, she had roles on The Littles, uh, the Saturday Supercade. She was a lot of additional voices. Now remember Saturday Supercade, we had like a collection of cartoons based off of uh, arcade games at the time. Uh, she was quite a few characters in My Little Pony in a, in a TV movie, Morning Glory, Rose Dust, Skunk. Uh, but she was uncredited. Uh, Jim Henson's Little Muppet Monsters. Uh, uh, 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. She played Hilda Bruski. She was Amber the Fairy Dragon in the Dungeons and Dragons animated series. Uh, Five Sesame Street Voices, uh, which was a video short. She was Grover's Mommy. Uh, even in the Rambo animated series, uh, a little bit of My Little Pony and Friends from 1986. She came back to reprise her roles in that. Uh, there was a TV movie of Blondie and Dakwood. She was Cora Dithers and Mrs. Hannon, the, once again, voices. Uh, the Pound Puppies animated series from 1987. She was Melissa, Candy, and Chinook Puppy. Uh, Yogi's Treasure Hunt, she had a little role as a girl. But then, 1988, totally Minnie. And that's where she began to be Minnie Mouse. 
Uh, she even, oh, my neighbor Totoro. Uh, my wife would be really uh, enjoying that. She was additional voices. Uh, she was some birds, of course, and Minnie Mouse and Hugh Frame Roger Rabbit. Uh, she continued to be Minnie Mouse many other times. Uh, there was a 1988 Superman TV series. She played Lana Lang in one episode of that. I think that's probably the animated series that uh, they actually have it on on DVD. My buddy Philip, who you heard on the show, has that one. I think I've got that one. Um, that was done by Ruby Spears, if I'm thinking of the correct TV series animation. Uh, she was a baby in Kiki's Delivery Service, another one my wife would enjoy. Uh, she was some additional voices on The Smurfs. Also played a character named Laura. Fantastic Max, she did some additional voices. She was a Louisiana boy on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from 1989. Uh, the Adventures of Ronald McDonald in McTreasure Island, a video short. But she was the voice of Birdie the Early Bird. Uh, back when McDonald's first started doing breakfast, they had this bird character. And back when, uh, back in the day when you had Ronald McDonald Land characters, we actually discussed this last week with Brand Kest in the old uh, McDonald's commercials. Uh, but Birdie the Early Bird was a character they had for McDonald's breakfast, and uh, she continued to be in a few ads for those. Uh, she had appearances in Chippendale's Rescue Rangers, but then Cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue, a TV short from 1990. She played Huey, Dewey, and Louie, which, by the way, she was Huey, Dewey, and Louie, and even Webigail on the original DuckTales. She even had appearances on a Jetsons, the movie, as Fergie Furbelow. And then, of course, a Nurse Mouse on The Rescuers Down Under, and more and more appearances as Minnie Mouse. I mean, she was just into everything. Adventures of the Gummy Bear, she even had like three different characters, uh, Ethelin, Emma Drill, and Madame Placebo. She did a little voice on Tailspin, Muppet Babies, she was Gonzo, Robin, and Captain Blagwig, the Blue P- Pirate. Uh, but yeah, being the voice of Baby Gonzo, oh... Oh my gosh, so much stuff. Webby Vanderquack on Raw Tunage. Uh, that Mr. Bogus TV series, that was, I think that was even connected with, uh, there was a Sunday night Disney show there for a while. Uh, she played one of Triton's daughters on the TV series of The Little Mermaid. Uh, Wild West Cowboys of Moo Mesa. So much stuff. Uh, even in the ABC Weekend special, she did a lot of voices there. Uh, but uh, paid, played. Pebbles Flintstone in the Flintstones Christmas Carol. I mean, I'm just scrolling up this list on her IMDb page and all the different things. She's even had characters on The Simpsons that she played. I just It goes on and on and on and on. And you'll even hear her uh, as doing some voices in the parks. But we're mainly going to know her from, of course, being Minnie Mouse, Huey, Dewey, Louie, and Webigail. And, of course, so many other characters. And what's fun about her being Minnie Mouse is that her husband, Wayne Elwine, was the voice of Mickey Mouse from Mickey's Christmas Carol on up until his passing, uh, and where now Brett Iwin has taken on that role. And, uh, well, for the parks at least, but there are quite a, there is another voice of Mickey Mouse that does those shorts they're doing now. Uh, but, oh my gosh, just so much work for Disney, and it just goes on and on. So uh, she really has left a legacy. And I, uh, I've got some online quotes for some people, like from Bill Farmer. You know him as the voice of Goofy. Bill Farmer said, There are too many memories to share and too many laughs to count. Disney lost its queen. The world lost a star. But most of all, I lost a friend. I love you and I'll miss you forever, Rusey. Rest in peace and give Wayne a big hug and kiss for me. Then Brett Iwan, who is the current uh, official voice of Mickey Mouse for the parks and uh, also the clubhouse Mickey Mouse, 
He said, I count myself lucky to have had you as a guide and mentor, but even more so to call you my friend. Rest well, Rusi. You've left this world a little brighter, a little lighter, and this heart a lot more full. Remember, we love you always. So long, men. And then Tara Strong and another awesome voice actress, uh, you know, like Powerpuff Girls would be like my favorite thing I think that she's done. Uh, but she said, my heart is broken. You will never meet a woman as sweet, generous, talented, and luminescent as Rusi Taylor. I first met her when we did Piggly Winks together. She would sit beside me and let me wear all her fancy rings. Then she would point through the glass to her husband, Wayne, who would watch her with mutual adoration, and in the sweetest little Minnie Mouse voice, she would say to me, Isn't he handsome? When Wayne passed, she was devastated. She was inconsolable. She didn't want to see anyone. I threatened to come over to her house after two weeks of refusing to answer the phone. I said, Rusi, if you don't answer this call, I'm on my way over. She picked up the phone and cried and said, My hand hurts from not being able to hold this, hold his. I've never seen a love like theirs. It was so pure. Of course they were Mickey and Minnie. You could feel their love and all they did. Everyone loved them. She was a legend. The only consolation I can think of is now the two lovebirds or love mice are together again. Love you, Rusi. I will miss you until we meet again in the recording studio in the sky. And that reminds me of something even uh, Adrian Ropp, when we sat with him, at uh, we had him at uh, Planet Comic Con a couple years ago. And he shared that story that... Uh, Whenever, because uh, you know, he got to work with some of their sessions. He, Adrian Ropp has got a lot, a lot of cool stuff he's gotten to do. Go find him on Facebook and look at some of his artwork. It's really good. Um, anyway, but he had said that uh, Rusi would be in the room and then Wayne Allwine uh, would come walking in. And she's like, oh, there's my sweet prince. Uh, they were just, you know, my, my wife really loves old couples because old couples that have just been together forever are really adorable together. And it sounds to me like they were just adorable. I wish I could have met both of them. Uh, then I also had uh, a comment just from a regular old guy, Mark Anthony Lyon. Uh, I believe he runs some sort of a podcast, but I don't know exactly which. Uh, but he said, I'll just tell you what I said. She is an amazing actress and did a ton of voiceover work and even a Disney legend and the voice of the rides and a great video game voiceover. Because, yes, she's, of course, in the Kingdom Hearts games, also being Minnie Mouse. So she's done games. She's done stuff in the rides. Uh, she was Duchess the Cat in Babe. I mean, there's so much. And then Martin Prince. I'm not familiar with that character so much in The Simpsons. I haven't really watched a lot of The Simpsons. I suppose, though, I should watch it when it comes on Disney+. Plus. But just so much. Uh, but now I've got uh, some voicemails to share with you, and then we'll roll right into our fun little discussion of the San Diego Comic-Con. Enjoy. Hello, Neverland. This is Jason Schlerman from DAF Radio calling in. Just wanted to share once again my condolences to the friends and family and loved ones of the great Lucy Taylor. I was privileged, of course, to get to have some dealings with her on our awesome DuckTales um, panel, and she was just the most amazing person. All my best to her friends and family and her loved ones once again. Thanks, Neverland, and until next time, enjoy the afternoon. What's up, Neverland Podcast? Tim Nidell here from the Saturday Morning Rewind Cartoon Podcast. Hopefully, I am not too late to give in, you know, send in my thoughts of the wonderful, the sweet Rusty Taylor, who I had the privilege of hanging out with for quite a few hours just a couple summers ago at the LA Comic Con, where I was hosting the uh, DuckTales panel that was brought on by the AF Radio. And yeah, she was our 
number one guest on the panel and we were just honored to have her she was just the sweetest honestly um my favorite memory of that was after the panel honestly when i got to spend maybe about an hour with her backstage in the vip section of the comic-con uh, i got to chat a little bit about wayne she was just so incredibly sweet i honestly do not think i've met many other people sweeter than Ruthie. She will definitely be missed. And uh, when my time with her was done, after the Comic-Con was over, you know, we were escorting her to her Uber car. And uh, she looked at me and she leaned in and she gave me a big old kiss on the cheek. And she said, thank you. And then she left. And that is my memory. And I will not trade that for anything. So, um, yeah. Can't wait to listen to you guys' tribute. Uh, she really was an incredible lady. To Disney and beyond. Okay, so we're going to have a little bit of fun here because San Diego Comic-Con happened, uh, I guess it's been a couple of weeks now, or at least a week ago. And everybody, I'm sure you've heard a bazillion podcasts talking about it, but we're just going to be one more, but maybe we'll have a bit of a unique take. So instead of just having me up here, Eric is back. Hey, guys. Hi. <laughs> It's been like a month. Oh, it has been. Uh, but I'm back. Yay! My arms are tired. I'm here. Yeah, you're preparing to fly out again in August. Yes. Yes. Um, I happened to secure a spot to attend uh, the uh, the annual passholder preview for Galaxy's Edge out in Walt Disney World. Woohoo! I'm so jealous. <laughs> And that new voice you're hearing, I also remember, is your first name is Ty. And we've, we we usually just use first names around here, so we'll go with that. But uh, where can people find you usually? Because I, I know you're about to join me on a, a podcast that we're kind of helping renew called MouseCast, with a K, all one word. But uh, what and else you, are you involved in? You can also find me on the, the Great Big Beautiful Podcast. We just released our first episode, so that's that's where you can find me find us on youtube and we're in the process of getting on itunes and spotify awesome other than that i think i saw that you're a school teacher as well yes i'm a third grade math and science teacher all right nice which of course my wife being a high school biology teacher i totally understand <laughs> that's awesome and it's a lot of preparation because the school year's about to start so it's almost like yeah. time for panic mode um yeah, I've got I've got one more week off, and then August fifth, I hit the hit the ground running with, with teacher orientation, all that good good jazz. Woohoo! Well, I've got uh, two kids in school already this week. My goodness, you know, which actually reminds me, uh, our governor just signed a bill that coming in the twenty twenty school year, they're actually pushing back the start date so we have more time for tourism. So they're trying to work it back to work because it used to be we didn't start the school until after Labor Day and we'd get mm -hmm. off Memorial Day, you know. And so I think they're trying to work it back that direction a little bit. I hope so. Give my wife and I some time to actually do something over the summer. She's traveling all over the place going camping and I haven't gone anywhere. <laughs> I may have to rectify that. Although I had a little adventure for anyone who, who uh, has viewed our YouTube page. I did go to and visit the uh, Vale Mansion. Uh, which is uh, kind of a family. They did a lot of livestock uh, back in the 1800s and have this really gorgeous mansion uh, in Independence, Missouri. And I did visit it. I've got some great video for you to go and check out. And you can see how 
how beautiful this mansion is. You learn a little bit of history. But if you want to see the full half-hour tour, you, you have to be one of our Patreon supporters, and you can see the complete, unedited video, complete with me making a mistake, because I thought it was connected with the Kansas City Star, which was a local newspaper around here, but actually it was uh, like the Star Mail line. It was kind of similar to the Pony Express that uh, he was invested in. Uh, oh, I forgot his first name, Vale, but his last name is Vale. So, and Noah, he wasn't having a daughter named Vicky. Spelled entirely different. But well, yes, if you enjoy some cool history and old, it's like this gothic Victorian mansion. It is beautiful. I plan to go back during Christmas when it's all decorated. should be awesome. So there's my little YouTube plug in there for everybody. But we <laughs> want to talk about some of the nifty things, at least that I found. And, and if anybody else saw something that, that caught their eye, uh, we'll bring it in. But uh, I have looked into some of the toys that were at San Diego Comic-Con. I was looking at Pixel Dan, some of his videos. I mean, Pixel Dan has been all over it. But the most exciting thing, although I, I I shrug at the price tag a little bit, but new Masters of the Universe figures modeled to look exactly like the original toy line, but with more articulation. I can't remember how many points of articulation, but uh, we're going to have like bendable elbows, bendable knees, and, and stuff like that. Uh, I think I read that it was like 15 points of articulation. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm so excited for this. Except for fourteen ninety nine for one yeah, figure. Yeah, my, my bank account's not excited about it. Yeah, we used to be able to buy toys and action figures for like five dollars or less when we were kids, and now we get can buy the same figure for fifteen dollars. This is why I don't collect action figures usually. But oh my gosh, but it's Masters of the Universe, and part of me just says buy it. Well, and it's it's not just that it's Masters of the Universe, and it's not just these fifteen points of articulation. Uh, these figures are. Just Designed to look like we remember back in third, yes. fourth, and fifth grade. They're gorgeous looking figures. And they even are going to come with brand new mini comics. Yes, I saw that. Which means I might have to buy two of them so I can have one to open and read the comic and then one to just display in the package on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I may try to do it like, you know, those they had those miniature, uh, I, there's a name for it now, when they have a mini figure but it's in a box and it's a mystery what's inside. Oh yeah, the vinyl figures. Yeah, well, these are made out of vinyl, but uh, they're probably about two inches tall, the ones that I got. Uh, but I, my goal was, if once I got a He-Man and a Skeletor, at least, that I was going to stop. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much what I did. And I, I sort of cheated, because I did find somebody at like a comic shop in like Lawrence, Kansas, that was out on Facebook. And he was just opening the boxes and selling them. You pick out which figures you want. And so I was able to just go and buy a He-Man from him directly. So I finally got a He-Man. Uh, because uh, here's 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 this, the funny story, I guess. When I was a kid, uh, the only figures I had is I had a Skeletor, I had Man-at-Arms, and I had Tila. But I really wanted a He-Man, and I never got a He-Man. So that was my goal. So, with this new toy line, if I can just go and get a He-Man, and maybe two of them so I can take one out of the package to read the comic, but at least get a He-Man, and maybe even get the Skeletor, the Tila, and the Man-at-Arms like I had when I was a kid. Or maybe Orko, because I did get Orko at some point, too. If I at least get the ones I had as, like, as a kid so I have my memories, I think I'll be happy, and I will stop right there. On the subject of Masters Universe, did y'all see the WWE figures that look like Masters Universe characters currently? Yes! I even have that on my list of something I wanted to bring up, because how cool is that? Um, I, I would prefer not to have John Cena be He-Man, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, the thing is, I, I'm not big into too many of the modern guys, and I haven't watched them really in like five years, other than I did watch the Raw reunion last Monday. 
But if they did like a Hulk Hogan figure, I would buy it. And a Macho Man figure, I would buy that. Oh, it looks like they got an Ultimate Warrior figure. They're they're released. They uh, they had a Comic Con um, exclusive Macho Man figure. Just a Slim Jim Slim Jim commercial. Oh man, <laughs> I, I, there was one that I saw that was like a full full size figure Macho Man in a Slim Jim gear. But if they got a He Man style of that, that'd be awesome. Oh. I bet that'll be on eBay selling for a few hundred dollars. <laughs> I don't know. Um, maybe maybe I can talk to um. Zach Ryder with the, the Major Wrestling Figure podcast and see if he'll send me his. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got enough money. He doesn't need to sell them, though. <laughs> it's true. It, but knowing him, he won't. <laughs> yeah. Unless he got extras, then he might do a giveaway. Who knows? I'll be watching for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there were also, uh, that had a, like a Japanese name that I can't really remember or pronounce. But Pixel Dan has a great video of uh, these great statues. Of course, these are going for like $150 to $200. Uh, but they're having a new line of statues. But I saw one of the Incredible Hulk, a great-looking She-Hulk. But they're going to have a new line where they're going to focus on some more female superheroes. Uh, and even a great one. They're, they're calling it a Dark Phoenix. But uh, a lot of these, they have the prototypes so that have not been painted that uh, they had on display. And I'm kind of thinking, you know what? Without the paint job, if you don't paint her red, if you paint her in green, she's just a phoenix figure. So I'm wondering if they could do some variants on it. But I'd kind of like to get it. But golly, I'm not, I'm not having two hundred dollars to buy one of those things. The one thing though that I did see was weird is they had a female version of Beetlejuice. <laughs> which was what? Like, okay. Wait, what? Yeah, it was pretty weird, and I'm, it makes me wonder because you know there there has been talk that they're going to try to do a Beetlejuice two that's supposed to be happening. And I wonder if they know something that we don't. Oh, that'd be awesome. I hope it happens. Yeah, I have a have a Mrs. Beetlejuice or daughter of Beetlejuice or some crazy weird stuff. <laughs> Absolutely, it's some Beetlejuice. Oh my goodness, that would be wild. <laughs> <laughs> it would be cool if Winona Ryder comes back because it'd be fun getting her to see its play. Uh, you know, Olivia uh, Beats again. That would be cool, but I don't see it happening because she, if you've seen her, what she looks like in Stranger Things, she looks she looks. Beat up. <laughs> but I think well, that age happens. But I think that's the way she was supposed to look for Stranger Things. Yeah. So you know they could, you know, all it takes is good costuming, and you become Olivia Dietz again, <laughs> just older. But, <laughs> but going back, going back to those statues, I was um watching watching another of my YouTube channels up 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 down down, and um he 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 was looking at this. Freaking amazing Venom statue! Mm. It, it was crazy amazing, and it was at a price tag two hundred fifty dollars on it. <laughs> and this dude here got that. <laughs> was it classic style Venom with like the black suit and like the the big white on his chest, or was it like this more movie style Venom? It was uh, it was um it was it was, a, it was actually it was a bust, and it was um it was modeled after it looked like it was. From what I can tell, it's modeled after Tom Hardy. Film. Oh, but it was I, still it was still pretty cool. It was pretty awesome looking. Yeah, I'd be more. I love the more classic Venom because I'm I'm uh, that's me. Child of the '90s, I guess. Well, child of the '80s and '90s, but still, <laughs> yeah, that old classic Todd McFarlane style looking Venom uh, would be no, awesome. No, no I, I'm not. I'm not arguing that. I, I, <laughs> I'm a child of the '90s, and I, I I totally agree that point. I would love to see it and. 
once again, it would be very tempted to spend that $200, but probably would be like, yeah. Yeah, I'd be tempted to if, if I saw him in person. Or even if they recreated uh, even like either the cover art or there's even some poster stuff. I, I used to have a poster on my wall that was uh, uh, Mark Bagley art of Spider-Man in between Venom and Carnage. If they recreated that in statue form, I would be very hard not oh, to buy it. Oh, that'd be <laughs> awesome. Oh, especially if it did it Mark Bagley style. That would that would be my treasured possession that I would be putting up high on a shelf and saying, "Behold!" Well, I'll tell you this: Carnage's uh, role is definitely being increased in the comics this summer. Well, he, he's yeah, I'm I'm really behind on things. He's gonna be in Venom too. Well, and, and and not just that, but there's a, a storyline of absolute carnage that's uh, starting to pick up within the books. Oh, yeah. I have a friend of mine who's read it. He says it's an incredible story. Yeah. The, the the thing that I think is very interesting is, in a way, because you know, carnage would just pretty much kill everybody, but now it's like he's got a purpose to killing everybody because everybody apparently has just a little bit of symbiote in him somehow, which I don't understand, and I so I really would like I, to read I it. Need, but... I need to go... I need to go back and catch up on that that part right there. Yeah. Well, and, I, and they've been rough. they've been doing some really big uh, story building with the Venom. Uh, he's no longer with Eddie Brock. Eddie instead has a uh, not really a symbiote, but more of a tool that he gained through the uh, War of the Realm series that just wrapped up, and um, it it subconsciously you know looks an awful lot like venom but it's not actually venom so we're trying to figure out where is venom what's he doing now and how is this going to play into this whole thing involving carnage and this uh new symbiote gall- god called null a n u l l i'm going to have to go buy some comics but i ain't got no money um whatever <laughs> happened to the anti venom that uh, eddie brock had become um <coughs> anti venom basically uh died off um, for oh. a while, he was uh, uh, oh, what spider event? There was a big spider event uh, about a year ago, um, which resulted in anti venom attaching to Flash Thompson. Oh yeah, I think but, I remember that. But Flash Thompson was killed. Uh, yeah, yeah. Was, it, was that just this this year that Flash Thompson died? It was. was it, it's it's been within the last year, I believe. Yeah, because I remember that surprised me when I read that. But he went. He went out hard, man. I think it was during the uh, yeah. part of that Red Goblin thing when the Carnage, Carnage symbiote was merged with uh, Norman Osborn. I think it was part yeah, of that. I think that may have been. Man, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm so far beyond on Spider-Man comics. <laughs> I'm falling behind. The last thing I've read is I'm still in the middle of that Hunted storyline <laughs> from from a couple months ago with Craven the Hunter. And... I guess that's what I get for deciding I want to collect the entire 93 issue story Civil War thing. I'm trying to collect the entire. Every book, yeah. I think I have most of it. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm. Get, I've got all the Amazing Spider-Man thing. I think I got all the Fantastic Four. I'd have to go through to see if I, I might have. Well, I don't think I have all of it, but I think I got most of it. It's kind of gotten scrambled around here now. I need to reorganize my comics and, oh, too much stuff going on though. Uh, but anyways, uh, I'm gonna jump on to uh, our first, well, kind of a TV thing, that. Uh, I, I haven't gotten to watch the panel, but I've watched this trailer multiple times now for the Picard series, which uh, it was announced at a, like a, I guess a Star Trek event in Las Vegas, wasn't it? That Patrick Stewart came out and mentioned it. Yeah. It's been a while. 
But now we've gotten mm-hmm. a good look at it, and oh my goodness, I may have to get on the CBS All Access. I need to go back and watch the trailer for it because yeah. <laughs> well, it seems like they're um, picking up on some threads that uh, were plot points back in that last episode of uh, Next Generation, with Picard having memory loss issues and um, taking it from there. Well, you know, I don't know if I remember if I ever saw the last episode of Next Generation. I may have to jump on Netflix because I know I, I oh, watched yeah. more movies, but I missed a lot of episodes of Next Generation. I think I've seen most of it, but. I was like, there yeah, that, are a few here and there that I missed. That last episode, it was called All Good Things. Uh, and it involved Picard kind of jumping through time um, and having to do with uh, some of Q's, you know, back in the very first issue, Encounter at Farpoint, Q kind of put into the entirety of humanity on trial. Yeah. And uh, All Good Things was hearkening back to that, saying, okay, you've been out here for seven years. What have you accomplished? Uh, what can you show me? Have you changed at all? And um, Picard, you know, jumps into the future where he's living on a uh, uh, on a vineyard, and he's really having trouble keeping, you know, things straight, remembering things. And um, yeah, it looks like it's just hearkening, in some ways, uh, to that, hmm. but completely different because you know he's. You know, coming out of retirement, he's got this mission he needs to go on. Um, and it looks like we've got some familiar faces showing up in it as well. Yeah, and I do like that they are taking into account the events of that last... Was it was Nemesis the last movie? Or no, it was, no, it was Insurrect? Was it? Yeah, Nemesis yeah. was the last uh, Generation yeah. movie. Which, yeah, they... they the, the, the Generation movies, after First Contact, they just kind of petered out. They weren't as good. It's like they hit the apex with First Contact. And then kind of, they were okay, and I only watched the other ones maybe one time. But I remember Data kind of sacrificing himself, but they had a way to back Data up and kind of rebuild mm-hmm. him. So it looks like we're seeing that continued. Yeah, so we're, we're, we don't know if it's lore, we don't know if it's that backup copy, yeah. you know, or maybe they're doing something to, you know, jumpstart his positronic matrix. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out, I guess. And then the mystery of who is this girl that is it, the, the interesting thing is they treat her like somehow she could be a threat to the entire galaxy, and they seem to keep linking her over to the Borg. So I wonder through some sort of weird time distortion if that isn't, you know, the woman we see in First Contact who is the Borg. Mm-hmm. Like, if maybe that's her, and she's going to become this horrible thing. It's like, so we end up the age-old question, do we kill her before she can become the Borg and stop it from ever happening? Do we see if we can guide her to maybe be something different could happen? You know, so and Picard, of course, because of who he is, is going to be like, well, we can't just kill her, you know, mm-hmm. so, because that's who he is. You know, he will look <laughs> for a peaceful solution. So it seems like that might be what's going on, but we could be completely off our rocker with that thought. Oh, that's true. But uh, you know, speaking of the board, that's another one of our familiar faces. Seven of Nine is in this, which I didn't really watch a lot of those spinoff series, so I, uh-huh. I know kind of who she is, but I don't know a whole lot of her backstory. Yeah, yeah. Seven of Nine uh, was in uh, Star Trek Voyager, and she was a uh, she was part of the board. Um, the crew was able to uh, get her detached from the collective, and a lot of uh, the later seasons of Voyager was about how she uh, reacted to that, and you know, learning more about her humanity and where she came from. But uh, definitely interesting to see her showing up uh, in this episode. Or, or in this new series. 
Mm, now we also that, know that, that oh, next generation ahead. episode uh, where they actually had a uh, member of the Borg yeah. that had, had been there. At, yeah, yeah, that's what they call it. But what's the episode called like I Borg or something like that? Yep, yep. And they, they were trying to see if they could reach his humanity. Oh, that's a good episode. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, oh, I, was that a two-parter? Uh, that was, uh, yeah, I believe, yeah. But oh yeah, that was oh that's good stuff. So if that's if that's what seven of nine was like, I, that would have been pretty good. I but I I didn't get very far with Voyager because it was too much of like a lost in space, and I felt like it. I, I don't know. It's somehow or another. It just wasn't didn't have the hook for me that like the the Adventures of the Enterprise did. So I, I could, couldn't really get into Space Nine because they didn't seem to go anywhere. And then Voyager, I was like I I didn't like the the being lost kind of aspect, but I don't know. So I probably would have enjoyed if I if I watched them again, but I it, it, just, it just didn't didn't quite get my attention fully. But I probably missed out on a lot of good stuff. Well, you know, the end of uh, Enterprise involved having uh, both uh, two other people that are going to show up in this episode: <gasps> Marina Sirtis and Jonathan Frakes. Oh yeah, that's awesome! It's going to be so cool to see those two. In fact, I've heard that uh, Jonathan Frakes also directed at least one of these episodes. Oh. That that makes perfect sense because I golly I don't even know how many episodes of Next Generation he directed, but he yeah he did quite a few. <laughs> mm-hmm. so that's awesome. But yeah, I wasn't planning on getting any other new services other than Disney Plus. But after seeing this, I'm kind of like I kind of want to watch this. Okay, well I guess we'll just jump into uh, the Marvel presentation, which I have gotten to watch that entire panel in pieces uh, on YouTube. There was a channel. Movies that rock that uh, kind of divided it up their videos into all the different movies that are coming in phase four. Of course, not everything was a movie. Some of it is just series that we knew were coming on Disney Plus because they've already announced it. But it was very cool to see a presentation and have the actors come out. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but in no particular order, uh, Black Widow, which we knew that movie was coming. Right, right. And uh, from everything we've been told, it is a prequel, knowing yeah. what happens in Avengers Endgame. However, who knows if there's something else up, uh, you know, Kevin Feige's sleeve there as far as what's going to happen with that. And, you know, maybe there's an out there. Yeah. Um, I'm really Tell excited me, to see multiverse stuff, maybe. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Uh, we do know that uh, Yelena Belova, who is the... Um, Trying to remember what her title is. She's another uh, member of the Red Room mm-hmm. and the Black Widow program. Uh, she's kind of uh, like the blonde version of Black Widow. Right. Uh, but it's also going to have David Harbour from Stranger Things mm-hmm. as a role in here. It's interesting. Here we have an American who's a Russian. Right. Nice. Which I, I hope that, that everybody starts speaking with a Russian accent, at least in this one. Because that's been one thing with Scarlett Johansson. I didn't know why they didn't have her try to do a Russian accent. Or maybe she just oh, wasn't very good at it. Or When she was introduced in um, the Iron Man movie, she had the Russian accent. But he's but international but it, but it, spy. Yeah. But, but it wasn't that good of an accent. So yeah. it was one of those accents you probably didn't even notice. Yeah, I, yeah she just seemed to be speaking American. But that would make sense if she's being a spy to spy on Tony Stark, she's going to speak completely American accent, and they're going to create a complete false backstory for her, you know, be like, so it doesn't go back to who she actually is. So, But we'll see how that works out, but I'm, I'm pretty excited for what that could be. I actually, you know, with 
with talk of them, uh, they're bringing in a, a new woman to be a 007, I'm thinking, well, why don't, haven't we gotten a Black Widow series that could be like a James Bond-style movie series with Black that Widow? Would be, that would be pretty awesome. That would be awesome, yes! I would be so excited for that. With, I'm hoping that they find a way to bring her back around because killing her off uh, in Endgame, just, I was disappointed in that, especially when she didn't really get much of a funeral. They just kind of like, oh, she's gone, and that was it. Then nobody said anything about it. I was like, oh, come on. Everyone shut up for Tony's funeral. Yeah, Spoilers. but not even a mention. It's like, oh, we lost Black Widow, too. Oh, it's like nobody cared. Come on, guys. So I was like, you know, because I was still really hoping for that potential of that James Bond style spy thriller with Black Widow would have been so cool. So maybe this will be the beginning. Maybe we'll get something like that. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, somebody else in Black, though, we do know that Black Panther 2 is coming. We just don't know when or anything else about it. Uh, is there anything particularly y'all think w- would you would like to see happen in a Blackwood or Black Panther two film? I, 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 oh, go ahead. I really don't know, honestly. I, I mean, I personally, I feel like they're 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 just making a sequel because of the success of the first. But that's just me. I'm kind of hoping, you know, with uh, bringing the mutants in, I would like to see Storm show up and maybe play with the relationship. There, of course, you could do a bit of a triangle because the Black Panther did establish that he has a potential queen already there. But it would be nice to see Aurora Monroe show up in there now that we have access to mutants, just to kind of have some fun with that, you know. Sure, I, know I could, I could also see Shuri preparing her own Black Panther costume. That'd be cool. That'd be all. I didn't think about that. That's awesome. That'd be cool. Yeah, because I, I don't know if that's supposed to be held only specifically for the uh, the king, but, you know, she is royal blood, so, you know, we can, they can make an excuse. That'd be pretty neat. Right, so another two, and I always forget, like, the uh, the subtitle for this, but Doctor Strange 2. Yes, Strange in the multiverse madness. madness. <gasps> Which is going to harken back to some classic Doctor Strange to have a little bit of a little bit of a horror element in there, and I don't know how much horror they're going to make it, but a little creepy and mysterious and all these weird things that Dr. Strange could deal with. Uh, and we're getting fun. Scarlet Witch for. Yes. Yes. She's gonna yes, up. she will. Yep, she'll definitely be in that. Uh, I also understand we're going to have Nightmare as the main villain. <laughs> so who could play Nightmare? I have no idea. <laughs> I, I, golly. Oh, there's so much potential. It's good stuff. But what makes me wonder now with if the Scarlet Witch is going to show up in a, in a very magic-style movie, are we finally going to see her get to expose her chaos magic? instead Because she's been kind of presented like she's telekinetic, but Scarlet Witch is a lot more powerful than what they presented in the film. I, I've, I've, from what I've heard, they're going to go more, more in-depth with Scarlet Witch, and <laughs> they're actually going to bring in, her, try to bring in their, her actual com, comic book. Awesome. It could be awesome, which yeah. I guess we're going to see in that. Oh heck, I'll just over in Disney Plus that Wandavision, which I'm excited for because I really like Vision and I'd like to see him come back. And it sounds like that's what's going to happen. Wandavision, and, is, Wandavision is going to explain why Scarlet Witch is going to be in Doctor Strange too. Mm-hmm. I, I love that it's the word of synergy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and, you know, we'll definitely know if there's shenanigans going abroad if uh, Ileana Rasputin shows up well. 
Ooh, that'd be so cool because now we're bringing in mutants. Yes, we can bring in Ileana in. Oh, so much potential of oh surprises. Oh man, Whew. I'm I'm excited stuff. And something else that's gonna be fun is okay. I'm gonna try this. All right, so like Takiti, I can never say his name. Anybody's Taika Waititi. Then there you go. Thor: Love and Thunder, which. This is great, and it, it seems like they're going to kind of pass the uh, the hammer. I was going to say pass the torch, but I guess they're really passing the hammer because I think Thor might be going to be hanging out with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, so the Guardians of the Galaxy is volume three is supposed to be Guardians of the as Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, so, this should be fun. So Natalie Portman came out to announce that she's going to be playing the the female version of Thor. But now I have some questions because, uh. Natalie Portman, she's tiny. She's very short. I almost she wonder is. if they couldn't, when she taps into the power of the hammer, if they couldn't do like a Shazam-style thing and maybe even bring in, uh, what's her name, Gwendolyn Christie or somebody like that? Because Gwendolyn Christie is you know kind of tall, blonde, and you put the helmet mask over, it doesn't matter if she doesn't look a thing like Natalie Portman. But maybe like when she summons the power, she becomes this big, tall, powerful-looking Thor-type person. That would be... Neat because Natalie Portman being so tiny, I you know she does. I want her to be more imposing than that. Yeah. But the other question I have is okay. So in the comics, whoever is worthy of the hammer becomes Thor. Right. And it's always and, almost been like a secret identity. Now the movies have just presented it. It is just Thor has been Thor, and they made even a little joke in the first Thor movie. He had a name tag of the guy who was the swap out, and I can't remember. It's Doctor something. Um, but they haven't presented as you become Thor with the hammer. It's just you can have the power of Thor, so I wonder how they're going to work that. They're going to have to come at it from a slightly different angle. Oh, and you've also got to remember, Mjolnir has uh, been destroyed. Mm -hmm. The Mjolnir they brought back from the uh, Thor the Dark World has gone back to where it belongs. Right. So, you know, where are they going to find this hammer to bestow the power of Thor upon someone? Timey-wimey, multiverse whatever kind of stuff, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Things, you know, that happen in one way suddenly can be altered, and, you know, so now somebody, we can have Mjolnir back again, so she can have Mjolnir, and, and Thor will have Stormbringer, and it'll be fun. So, but well, as long as things... it's not, uh, I was gonna say, as long as it's not barf technology. Yeah, uh, but what I would like to see, because, now, I didn't, I'm not a big Thor reader, but from my understanding, when Jane Foster took the hammer up in the comics, it, it actually gave her cancer? But the only thing keeping her alive from the cancer was also holding the hammer? Actually, yeah. she already had cancer oh, okay. uh, when she picked up the hammer. Uh, but every time that she became Thor, um, yeah, it would lengthen her life, but it would also cause the cancer to um, grow a little bit further and, and worsen every time she became Thor. I hope so, they use you know, that. So it, it, it's an interesting concept. Yes, I love that. That because I... The, the Jane Foster in the comics was basically where they, I mean, she's a paramedic. She saves lives. The Jane Foster in the movies, she's a scientist. I want to see what about Jane is supposed to make her worthy of Mjolnir. Mm -hmm. yeah. But that would be something that would make her worthy, that knowing it's hurting her to do it, but still willing to do it, that would definitely make you worthy. So yeah. I'm, I'm hoping they come at it from that angle, because then that would be really cool. That would be some drama. That would really get you into the character. Just please don't bring back Darcy the intern. <laughs> if I see Darcy in the trailer, I'm skipping that movie. <laughs> I think <laughs> there you go. 
Well, you got two years. You got two years to worry about it. Yeah. Although Taika Waititi <laughs> might be able to make her actually funny and not just annoying. Maybe. The <laughs> <laughs> next thing I have on my list, and I'm really not that familiar with these characters, the Eternals, which they brought in Angelina Jolie, which is awesome, and uh, and also Selma Hayek, which is awesome. Like, so this is cool. One thing I, I, I this is really neat that we're going to have a, a deaf, because you know, it's, it's a deaf character, so they brought in a deaf actress. One thing I find very interesting is that they did a gender swap for is this a, is one of the Eternals is a, a deaf speaker, and they've got a, a black woman playing this role now. And they, you know, normally, you know, with a fictional character, we can get attached to them the way we've grown up with them, we've read them. And then when they do something like that, it's like, wait a minute, you're not quite representing the character I've loved for all these years. But this being, I think, such an unknown character, I would not have even known if somebody hadn't posted up a picture of the character she's playing. They're saying, oh, look, our first deaf superhero. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize the gender swap, but I don't care because I'm not familiar with the character. But I wonder if there's some fans out there that are big under the Eternals that are sitting there going like, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm sure there are, but I mean, as much as I read comics, I'm not fully... I wasn't, you know, I don't know much about the Eternals. Yeah, I figure we're going to learn a lot. But see, that was one of the nice things about with these Marvel movies is they are able to dig in because even Guardians of the Galaxy wasn't a hugely well-known comic. And so they were able in and made them more popular, although apparently they've taken a lot of changes from the characters as they were represented. And there were apparently fans of the Guardians of the Galaxy comics that are not happy with the film versions. Which, you know, because I can understand because I love Spider-Man so much with that when they do something weird with him in a movie, I'm kind of like, what are you doing? So I totally understand that because we love our fictional characters. They do mean things to us. And for those who go through and try to say, oh, well, it's just a fictional character. Why do you worry about it? I think a great example of what the, the characters actually can mean to us is Scott Walking Through Neverland had a great little post, actually, about what fictional character's death affected you most. I'm like, see, there it is. We get emotionally attached to these characters, even if they're not real. And we, Wait. when we love a character, and when they put it up on screen and translate it, we're always like, "Oh, please, just give me a good representation." You know, and we do. We get a little nervous sometimes. That's that's and just the way we are. We get attached to our characters. We love them. For me, for me, the one of the characters I was most attached to was um, Human Torch. So when they killed him in the comics, I was like, "Aw." Oh, they killed him? Isn't he back again? Yeah, they, they, they killed him. He got better. <laughs> he got better. <laughs> yeah, he got better, but they did they did kill him in the comics. And then when um, they brought him, um, what's his name to play him in the, 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 crap, the crappy Fantastic Four reboot, I was, was not happy about it. Who oh, would you Michael like B. Jordan. Cause, yeah, Michael B. Jordan. Because I do like Michael B. Jordan, but yeah, I was like, what are you guys doing? No, 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 no. And don't get me wrong, I I have nothing against Michael B. Jordan. I think he's a great actor. Yeah. But was, for me, it's what you're saying is the attachment that um, just going to sound kind of bad on my part. <coughs> with, um, Excuse me. The fact that Human Torch was white and comic. Yeah. It so. doesn't feel like they represented the character the way you've known him. Exactly. That, that kind of thing. Yep. Then that's that's the way we are as fans. We just want a, a, a full representation where it looks like they tried to recreate the character for you. And when they when they when they don't do it, you're kind of like, oh, wait a minute, is this going to be the same? And it's sort of like when uh, when Michael Bay first announced he was going to do those Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies, and he was talking about making them aliens. We were all like, wait a minute, what? these aren't supposed to be aliens, <laughs> you know? We just well, we love these characters. We want them when they when they put them into a different media. We just want them to have enough resemblance. That we feel like they gave justice to what we've loved. Right. Right. Exactly. Well, 
you know, I, I know that we're none of us are really too familiar with this, but I do know that the Eternals was a concept that was created by Jack Kirby just Woo-hoo. after he returned uh, back to Marvel after working at DC. Now, if you think about what he was working on at DC at the time, it was uh, the Fourth World, the New Gods, Dark Side, Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. All of that, uh, and so a lot of people think that some of the context or uh, some of the uh, storylines that he had developed for the Fourth World were actually brought over and used in the Eternals when he went back to Marvel. Huh. So uh, these these are kind of a they're they're kind of the prototypes for what humans would call gods. Uh, they're created by the Celestials. Um, and they've actually got a, uh, a counterpart called the Deviants. Um, this is like, it goes way back into the history of the Marvel Universe in and of itself. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how they deal with these characters. They, yeah. they, these are supposed to be um, very ancient aliens yeah. that uh, are coming to Earth. And um, it, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with it. So yeah, make, See, I, and I've never make, been able to dive into the cosmic characters. I've never really enjoyed them very much, uh, which so is weird because I do like some sci-fi, but so this will be new for me. So maybe we're getting Galactus and Silver Surfer into MCU now. That's what I'm hoping because you know they did hint that they they're going to do something with the Fantastic Four as well as the mutants. So I'm like, please a Silver Surfer, please a good Galactus, <gasps> not, please not, not a great big cloud. cloud, right? <laughs> I want to see full tilt Galactus. And although I did actually like the way they represented Silver Surfer in that second Fantastic Four movie. And if they get Lawrence Fishburne back again, that'd make me pretty happy because he was he was great, he is, I thought. He, I, 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 I agree. Yeah. He was, Lawrence Fishburne has just got presence, you know. So, oh, well, man. but Lawrence Fishburne already has a character established in the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm trying to think now. Where did he pop up? Goliath. Oh, that's oh, right! Yeah! That's yeah. Right. Wow, yeah. I haven't. I only watched the movie once. I need to watch it again. That's a pretty good movie. But then again, uh, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch had about three different roles. In, uh, oh, wait, wait, no, I'm thinking of The Hobbit. Never mind. <laughs> Actually, no, he was, he was the voice of Dormammu in Doctor Strange. Yeah, but he's just that versatile. So. Yes. <laughs> he's, just, he's just an incredible actor. Yeah. Uh, so the next thing, another deep dive, and see, and this is, you know, when when Hollywood wants for diverse characters, I think Marvel, this is the way to do it. You go say, you know what, we have some diverse characters. Let's bring them out and show him Shang Chi, uh, which I I was not familiar with this character really at all until uh, golly, a few years ago, Spider Man had lost his spider sense, and Shang Chi went and trained Spider Man in what he called Spider Foo. He says, we need to take your unique <laughs> gifts and use them in your own brand of Kung Fu that where you don't have to rely on your spider sense, but you give you an actual fighting style of your own. So that's my first saw. And I, was, I had never heard of him before, but he's a very cool character. And, oh, yeah. And he's he, he's definitely got quite a history with Marvel. Yeah. Which I, I, when I was looking into this. This was Marvel was working on getting the rights to the old Kung Fu television series, and they de- had all this story development, and then they didn't get the rights, so they said, you know what, we're going to just create a character, and we'll go with what we planned anyway. Well, and, and the interesting thing with that is um, they were also trying to tie it in with, uh, actually, they, they did tie it in with Fu Manchu, yeah. which actually, um, they were able, I'm not sure how the copyright worked on that, but they, they only had it for a limited time, but Shang-Chi was actually the son 
of Fu Manchu. Yeah, which unfortunately was also kind of a uh, Chinese stereotype, so they were yeah. getting away from that. <laughs> <laughs> so now he's going to be apparently the son of the real Mandarin. Mm. Yes, mm. So we're getting the but real wait, Mandarin. I, I... The real Mandarin, not the crappy fake Mandarin that we had in Iron Man 3. We are getting the real Mandarin who <gasps> used who used the Ten Rings to gain his power in the yes. comic book. I, I'm looking forward to this. Although it's too bad that they've killed off Tony Stark because I, I that should be a good enemy for Tony Stark to have in the Mandarin, the real Mandarin. So, but <laughs> well, he, here's something interesting in the recent it. comics. Um, you remember Doctor Yinsen? Yes. Uh, in current comics, he's actually got a daughter who has created an Iron Man type of suit, and this is separate from separate from Iron Heart. I figure, right? Yeah, separate from Ironheart. I'm trying to remember uh, what her name was, but she was in, um, there was a, a, an Avengers group put together by um, Carlo DaCosta, who was, uh, I want to say Sunspot in the New Mutants. Mm. Oh, this is, I'm really doing, I'm taking a deep dive here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they, they were um, kind of a, U.S. version of the Avengers. I think U.S. Avengers may have been the actual title of it. But, uh, um, no, but, uh, yeah, she she created her own armor uh, based off of uh, Tony Stark designs. It was not Ironheart. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I think that might, you know, it's possible that they could say that uh, Dr. Yinsen had family and, oh, here's his daughter all of a sudden. And, oh, she's got uh, skills similar to what Tony Stark had. Yeah, although Yen, in the film version of Yen Sid, they he does mention his family, but he mentions they're already dead, and so he, when that's he's, right. he's going to yeah. see them. So Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, they might be able to work around something. Either that or you know, have Pepper Potts in her armored suit. You know? <laughs> that would be Come in as cool. rescue. <laughs> yeah. So that might be neat, although she doesn't have Tony's brains, though, to be able to build new things and stuff, but... Oh, you don't think he set aside an AI based on himself? That would be cool, wouldn't it? Yeah, still, you know, even even dead, I'm the hero. Yeah. Hmm. Potential. That would be be Tony Stark. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be cool. (laughs) But the other movie, uh, this is, I have no idea what to expect, but we're getting a new Blade film, and I cannot pronounce the new actor's name, but he's He's got some serious cred behind him, but I haven't watched anything he's done. Well, he's in the uh, Luke Cage series. Oh, on, I, uh, I haven't seen it, unfortunately. I need to watch it. Yeah, he's the uh, he's Cottonmouth in the Luke oh, Cage series. Which is weird, because I thought those were supposed to take place in the same Marvel Universe, so he's now getting a different role. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kevin Feige hasn't liked the uh, Netflix series. Yeah. But still, yeah. you know. That's it's good that they're able to bring him over, and you know he really had a, a great performance in Luke Cage. I have, I'm actually still halfway through the first. I, I'm really behind on Netflix shows. <laughs> I, I watched I watched both seasons of Daredevil. I watched the first season of Iron Fist, and both seasons of Punisher. Yeah, there's there's been like three seasons of Daredevil. I think now hasn't there? No, they they canceled they canceled all the Netflix. Hmm, uh, golly. I still like to watch that Luke Cage. I heard it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. So, I need to go back and watch it. The one thing I wonder with Blade is because we're 
we've had a Blade trilogy of R-rated films. I wonder if they're going to try to find a way to make a PG-13 version of Blade and so they can fit him in with the other stuff. I, yeah, I, and... I'm, just, I'm just curious how they're going to fit him in. I mean... Because, yeah, he's an almost a different thing as a vampire hunter. Yeah. Exactly. He's always done his own thing in the comic books, so he's he's he very rarely interacts with other characters. Yeah. Heck, I was first introduced to him, though, when he was on the Spider-Man animated series when they had that weird when they had their version of Morbius in there, and Blade showed up to hunt Morbius. Oh, so. okay. I almost yeah. wondered, though, do they bring in Morbius now that they're bringing in Blade down? Oh, that would well, be neat. Well, uh, actually, Sony is working on a Morbius movie. Really? Yeah, because mm-hmm. of the, the Spider-Man connection. They have they can get around and get those outside characters. So, huh. hmm. we'll see what I, happens. I, I would like to. Sony do a live action Spider Verse movie now. Oh yeah, there's there's so many things that could happen that we just don't. With because I think they uh, they still have they still did the rumored Sinister Six movie. Yeah, but we're getting to a point where Sony's going to be able to do things on their own and they don't have to be part of the MCU anymore, which is apparently one of the reasons why we didn't have any of those previously established characters in Homecoming, and they they kind of brought in some different uh, some versions that didn't match the comics apparently on purpose because then they could use them on their own and they didn't have to worry about being tied to anything in the MCU apparently. Uh, there's some videos and everything they've kind of looked at the contracts and stuff and really analyzed that of why they've gone the path because Sony would like to probably go off on their own still and go maybe that direction of doing a Sinister Six and connecting with this Spider-Man with Venom. So we'll see what happens. But moving on to Disney Plus. Uh, I the first golly the first thing on the list that I have to say is Loki. <laughs> so I, we do get to see so what well. he does with the uh, yes yes because they set it up so well in Endgame when he got away. I, I I remember at that when that scene happened, I looked over at my wife and I said, "There's your your Loki series right there." <laughs> like so, oh, this is gonna be great, and I wonder how far they're gonna take it because granted, they mentioned at the panel that this is a Loki that didn't have that character growth of Ragnarok. Yeah. So, but you know, I they have done stuff in the comics where they have like Loki, Loki, agent of Asgard, where he's kind of a weird anti-hero. So I'm wondering where they could take this. I'm I'm pretty curious. I mean, I'm I'm ex- I'm excited about it. Oh yes, indeed, this could be very cool. And then of course, Wandavision. We already kind of talked about. Uh, so that's, we'll move on. That's, that's the one I'm most excited about. Wandavision. Yes. I've gone director say Doctor Doctor Strange's. My favorite Avenger in Doctor Strange is my favorite of the is my favorite MCU movie. So anything that has to do with Doctor Strange, I'm all about. <laughs> there you go. With the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which I'm excited about. This looks to be cool. And we're gonna get Baron Zemo. And I guess they've sort of hinted that he's going to have the full purple and the eye thing and all oh my gosh. So we're gonna get some Baron Zemo going. And I there's so many great Captain America villains that were not used that could be brought in. So I just definitely. Oh, this could be a this could be a great series. I'm very pretty excited about it. Plus, just Falcon is just awesome anyway. Uh, I really like the actor. I can't think of his name. He's just he's brought Anthony so much Mackie. to Falcon. Yes, Anthony Mackie has been so great as Falcon that I'm just yay. <laughs> I I personally I'm. I like Winter Soldier a little bit more, so. Yeah, oh, Sebastian Stan's been awesome as well. So Yes. They've been so great. So this is going to be this this great buddy movie that this could be. 
but also that clash of their diff- very different personality styles. It's going to be probably the greatest buddy series that we've ever seen based on a comic book. No, I'm here, I'm calling going, it now. Here, here, I'm, here, I'm throwing this prediction out there now. This is how Falcon and their soldiers' relationship is going to be. It's going to be like Hobbs and Shaw in the Fast and the Furious. The love hate. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, so much. And I would even still like to see um, what's her name pop up. Oh, um, golly, um, wow, the uh, granddaughter. Oh, uh, Sharon Carter. Uh, yes, Sharon Carter. I don't know why my brain went hoodie on me, but Sharon Carter. I'd like to see her maybe as part of the series. Like she'd be like their handler or something, or be part of their team. That would be very cool because I liked her, and I don't think they did enough with her. So, but the the part that could be interesting now is okay. So Captain, oh, good old Steve Rogers has gone back, and he's altered time. He may have some progeny of his own. And what if? You know, Sharon becomes actually now related to Captain America. And what if something of the uh, the DNA change of being the super soldier got into his progeny? So now Sharon Carter is actually, uh, well, I guess she'd be a mutant because she'd be born that way. But what if she's a little bit super soldier enhanced if she's like related? Ooh, that's interesting. Makes me wonder about their kiss back in Winter Soldier. <laughs> <laughs> that kiss didn't happen anymore, right? So because timey wimey <laughs> multiverse thing. What if? Or the kiss. What if? <laughs> what if? Oh, I'm looking forward to this. An animated oh, speaking, series where the cast is coming if, back. Yeah, speaking of what if. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to this as well. Um, as you just said, they're going to have uh, the cast from uh, the MCU movie. So we're talking Chris Evans. We're, we're talking um, everyone who's involved with that uh, with the movies are coming back. Now, this is going to be an animated series rather than mm-hmm. live action which yeah. uh, is definitely going to allow a bit more freedom and a bit more creativity than a TV series uh, or a live action series might allow. Um, so it'll definitely be interesting to see, you know, what propositions they're looking at, you know, what's going to be different. Um, what are the changes that they are going to be examining here? And are they going to treat it as if each what if question is actually part of a multiverse that's this, no, this is actually happening in this universe because we do have a watcher and a, I can't think of the guy's name. It's Jeffrey, I think, something. Which he looked very familiar, but he's got a great voice. So he's going to be the Uwatu. And he came out at the panel. I'm excited about him as well. I cannot think of... But I know I've seen him in something when he came out at the panel, but I can't think of it. But I'm wondering if like each one of these could be a different multiverse. And if some of this multiverse could leak its way maybe into uh, the Doctor Strange sequel. Yeah, maybe. Or if, I, they, or if they do... So what, when, like some of the what if stories from the comics, they could potentially lead it into phase five and bring in the X Men because there was an issue. What if? What if Bishop had never gone back in time? Mm. The one what if issue that I actually own is I thought it was great. It was what if the Punisher had become Captain America? Oh, sh- really? <laughs> yeah, try not to cuss. <laughs> I heard it coming. <laughs> it was good. It was so good. And if they did something like that, I. But apparently they're going to do, like, what-ifs, but it's going to be based around the MCU style. But you could still do something like that, you know? So, like, what if, you know, Frank Castle had been around, and instead of passing the shield to Falcon, he had passed it to Frank Castle? Because that's kind of what happens in the comic, is Steve Rogers gets uh, badly injured and is no longer able to to be Captain America, so they choose this top-ranked soldier, Frank Castle. And then Frank Castle's family gets murdered in that mob hit, and it alters Frank Castle, and surprisingly... 
he's going out at night and he's, you know, being more of a punisher version of Captain America until Steve Rogers confronts him. It's like, no, you, you know, when you wear that uniform, it means something. You can't just go off on your own agendas. But it was a, it was a really good story, and I'd like to see them, you know, animate it as it were. So there's so many stories from the What If that I, you know, I'd love to see what they do with it. And I'm hoping they can do something with Spider-Man, despite Sony having the film rights. I figure, well, if this is coming through Disney Animation, they have the rights to do the animated Spider-Man. So I'd like to see them be able to do something with Spider-Man in a What If world as well. That'd be cool. Yes. Ah, there we go. It's Jeffrey Wright, who's the voice of Uatu. Yes. Yeah, and I know he, I know I've seen him in something. He's very cool. And he's got a great Casino voice. Casino Royale. Oh, that's right! He was uh, the new version of uh, the American Felix, wasn't yeah, he? Felix. Yeah, Felix. Yeah, he was. And oh, he was so cool as Felix. Oh, see, I knew I knew him from something. But he's got such. I when the announcement hadn't come out, I was like, okay, I just want to listen to him talk and imagine the watcher. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. It's just too bad Stan Lee passed away because he'd have been if if not hit Jeffrey Wright having Stan Lee be Owatu or be at least a watcher would have been so awesome. Yeah, or at least just Stan Lee narrating. That's what would have been cool. It would be like Stanley narrating, <laughs> but he could be narrating as if he is a watcher. So it's like it's, it's canon that you have him narrating and him telling the stories, but it'd be just like the old school. I would oh, that would have been so... You know, and even if they just find old recordings of some of his introduction or somehow another cool little bits and just sneak some of him in there just a little bit would be really great. Because if you just... Have have some voice recordings. You could animate him, and he could be a part of it. I would, oh, of course, everybody'd cry <laughs> when, he, when you'd hear it, like, "Oh, it's Dan." So <laughs> uh, now, if they just have that uh, humor episode where they would uh, contemplate, you know, what if uh, Power Man was a girl, and what if Wonder Man was a woman? <laughs> <laughs> that would be wild. Oh, the weird stuff they could do with a what if. <laughs> Oh my goodness. But uh, yeah, they're they're definitely getting you know cast members from the the different films. You know, we've talked yeah. about uh, uh, well, they've got Michael B. Jordan as Killmonger, Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther, Michael Douglas as Hank Pym, Paul Rudd as Ant Man, uh, Sebastian Stan, Haley Atwell, Toby Jones coming back as Arnim Zola, um, mm. Michael Rooker as Young, uh, Jamon Hansu as Korath. But isn't Michael um, Rooker playing Mary Poppins? <laughs> Y'all, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know they've got Jeff Goldblum as part of this series. Oh, this is so great! I'm, that and, might be the one I'm most excited about. <laughs> <laughs> they've got Taika Waititi as Korg as well. Yes, because you got to because Korg was so great. But I don't see Meek listed here. Oh, <laughs> well, maybe they'll bring him in later. I don't know. It could happen. <laughs> Which, golly, I had a thought and I lost it. Darn it. <laughs> that happens to me a lot. The older I get, the more the thoughts come rolling in one ear and right out the other. Oh, yes. Dang. Oh, well, it'll probably come to me after we've finished recording. <laughs> That's the way it works. That's the way it works. So, I've even heard jokes of uh, what happens as you get older. You sit down and it pushes your thoughts into your brain, so you remember you know exactly what you want. But as soon as you stand up, it falls out of your brain and into your backside, and so now you can't remember why you came into that room. And so then you go back and sit down again, and it's, oh, now I remember why I went into that room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that's happening. Except for I'm sitting down right now, and it's not working. Maybe I need to bounce. I don't know. Okay, all right. Well, well that got weird. 
Yeah, well, it's great that we had a lot of great uh, Marvel news, and I'm sure there's going to be more Marvel as well as Disney news coming out here in a couple of weeks with D23. But there was some pretty major uh, Disney Channel news that came out uh, at Comic-Con. They announced uh, information about season three of DuckTales. Oh, and I I heard something about Darkwing Duck is officially going to have a series of his own. Oh, that Uh, would be great. Is uh, you know they they had an episode uh, just a few months ago where they actually had the origin of Darkwing Duck within that series, yes. and it was really good because it made it organic and it explained yeah. you know that not only was Darkwing Duck a TV series, now it explains why Launchpad would hang out with Darkwing Duck. Yes, um, hey, but uh, hey, you were pretty good. You can make a good hero. What's your name? Oh, I'm just Drake Mallard. Well, that's not a very good name. Maybe we'll come up with something. Well, what we do know, what we do know about season three is Darkwing is going to show up and he does have an adopted daughter tagging along with him. Well, who'd have thunk it? We also get to see a certain uh, airplane flying bear from Cape Suzette showing up. Really? We also get to see a bleach bottle hanging from a balloon. Yeah, that's also I heard about, you know, they're going to try to relaunch a new Rescue Rangers series. This is happening with Thin DuckTales. Oh, I'm really behind on DuckTales. I need to catch up. (laughs) Now, there was a major announcement. They've got a picture where where they've got all of these good classic Disney afternoon characters showing up, and they'll all be uh, part of the DuckTales storyline. And it's true. They may be branching them out into their own series, and... We know that there's this uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers movie that's in the works, completely separate from this. There's also the Chippendale yeah. series, which is separate from this. But um, you know, but then again, we've got D23 coming up in just a couple of weeks. So there's going to be a lot more information coming out on those properties and what else Disney is working on right now. Oh, and maybe we'll get some more details on that Marvel-themed area coming to who, uh, I guess, is it going to be in DCA or is it going to be in Disneyland? Probably DCA. It's it's in California Adventure. Yeah. And it it's uh the area that used to be Bugs Land and the yeah. Bugs Life Theater. And yeah, we know that yeah. that's gonna heavily involve that's a certain web slinger. D twenty three, I bet we get the official release date of Black Panther 2. Wow, yeah, I imagine we'll get a lot more yeah. you know, we'll we'll definitely have a lot more Marvel information about that. Uh and, and hopefully some and good Star Wars information. Yep. Yeah, about some of those additional Very movies. Nice. Or maybe, maybe Solo 2 will happen. I'm hopeful. Oh. Uh, we can only hope. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I do know that uh, Yuna Tsunamoto, who is new Chewbacca, has been very vocal online about getting support for Solo 2. Yay! I would like a Solo 2. I really liked that movie. It was pretty good. And there's so many fun stories we could get, you know, you know even away from the Force, pretty much. But mm-hmm. just... That underground smuggler area, you know. The, oh, that's the, well. So we've got the Mandalorian coming up soon. Hopefully, we'll <gasps> get an official trailer released for that. Yeah, twenty three. Oh, uh, so much um, hope. Yeah, some more information about the new season of Clone Wars, and yes. uh, further information about this, uh, um, you know, pre Rogue One series that they're uh, that they've been talking about as well. So with oh. Cassian Andor. Yes, so much stuff that could be released and told to us. And uh, Disney Plus is going to be like my go-to. I'm just I probably won't watch regular TV. I'll probably just be watching Disney Plus for all these series. 
I'm gonna yeah. cancel. I'm gonna cancel um, Netflix. For well, except for Dark Crystal: Age of Resistance, I gotta watch that. Well, and Stranger Things season four. Yeah, ah, it's gonna yes. happen. <laughs> so that's the only thing keeping my keeping Netflix uh, getting and, my money and, is. And Lucifer, Lucifer got season five now. Eh, I ain't worried about that one. <laughs> well, as long as they keep the office on for the next year and a half, I'm still good. <laughs> Yeah, one of these days maybe I should sit and rewatch that entire series, but I watched the first run. There's only been one series, uh, as far as live action goes, that I've watched repeatedly the entire series, and that was Chucks. I have the whole thing mm-hmm. on Blu-ray. I love that show. And I just bought the first uh, season a few weeks ago. Four I'm, more to go. <laughs> I'm about to rewatch the, the entire series of Arrow. Yeah, that's one I thought I would probably want to rewatch. I haven't I actually haven't watched in a season. I cannot fell off of it, but it looks like they're doing some exciting things in that. With that, they're going to have a crisis on Infinite Earth, and Brandon Rock- Routh coming back as Superman. Yes, and um, yes, Tom Welling. Well, season eight of, of Arrow is the last season. Mm-hmm. It, it ends as Crisis of the Infinite Earth, and we already know that all of the queens gonna die because they're. I'm um, not gonna go there because I probably just spoiled spoiled a little bit. <laughs> My bad. Ah uh, nah. Oh no, they've they've already taken enough from the Bat- Batman mythos that uh, he'll uh, end up getting a uh, young squire named Carrie Kelly to uh, hang out with, and uh, Arrow Manor's gonna get, crumble into the to, ground. We got the trailer for Batwoman. <laughs> Yes, yes, that just came out today, I believe. Ah, I have not seen that. Wait, they released a new one? They had already released uh, one. There was one that came out today that had a whole bunch of people going into a tattoo place and getting uh, the bat symbol tattooed onto them. Huh? No, they they released um they released a trailer with the, with her, with um her saying she was going to take up to following her Bruce Wayne's um, footsteps and her family saying oh. no, don't do it. Hmm. Well, to track that one down. But uh, go, going back to this crisis on Infinite Earth, not only did they announce that uh, Brandon Routh was going to come back as Superman, Tom Welling is coming. Which is cool. I need to go yeah, back and watch was... all of Smallville. I think I only saw like three, two seasons I watched, of it. I watched, I think, the, I watched the first season. But, um... And then, oh, and even more than that, they announced that, um, oh, why am I suddenly? Linda Carter is going to be part of that as well. Oh, that is cool. Really? Well, wasn't she like yes. supposed to be the president, though, anyway? so um, She was an uh, alien, they said, I think. They said she was coming back as Wonder Woman. Oh, that's so cool. Now, if only they could get Burt Ward to show up, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would not be surprised. I so, so, I, I'm going to go blow your mind right now. I heard that he is going to appear in press. That's so cool. I may have to. I, I probably won't watch any of the other shows, but I probably will watch that just to see what they do with the, the Infinite Earth. And about the, the only people that we're missing now are. Uh, oh, golly. Now I'm blanking out on her name. Um, Helen Slater as Supergirl. Yeah. Michael oh. Keaton as Batman. Val Kilmer as Batman. Uh, uh, George, <laughs> George Clooney as Batman. <laughs> Christian Bale. Bale. You know. Why will not? I met? Uh, Bill and Affleck. Okay, so we're gonna put um, <laughs> bring in. I shudder to say it. Bring in Ezra Miller. <laughs> I shudder to say it. <laughs> uh, 
just just make a mess. Why not make a mess? You know. <laughs> and bring it. Oh, what's the who played who played Green Arrow in Smallville? I can't even remember. Oh, uh, yeah, oh. he did some. Oh, because yeah, that. you've got a whole lot. You know, you've got Green Arrow. You got Aquaman. Wasn't there? Uh, uh, there was. Um, what the, oh he was Brainiac. Um Oh um Spike from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. James yeah. Marsters. Well heck in that case of course we already have a Martian Manhunter, I guess, in Supergirl, but I was thinking you could bring in that version of Martian Manhunter maybe as well. Yeah. You know that? yeah. That who knows? There could be a lot more going on that they haven't told us yet. Oh yeah. There could be I, all kinds I, of crazy I think, things. I think W is holding out is holding the all the details about the crisis of infinite close right now i gotta wonder though brandon routh is already the atom how are they gonna do that where he's gonna be dual roles that's gonna be weird well here's here's the thing that i heard is that brandon routh is not just playing superman but it's not the superman from superman returns he's going to be the superman from kingdom come Mm. Mm. because i mean they and they already have the what's the, the guy playing superman in the supergirl series already too yeah. Oh, that's not true. Yeah. The fact that we got Lex Luthor's in the Supergirl series now. He was introduced this past season. Huh. So now you have. To, does that mean you have to you have to bring in Smallville? Um, oh, Michael Rosenbaum. Rosenbaum. Yeah. Michael yeah. Rosenbaum. Yeah. Um, uh, heck, bring in uh, not Donald Glover, uh, John Glover. <laughs> bring Lionel Luther. Luther in. Yeah. Huh? Or. Or as the Doctor from, uh, uh, in, uh, oh, from uh, Batman for not Batman Forever, but Batman yes. and Robin, yes, yeah, Batman and Robin. Although he should be or, dead, but still, <laughs> yeah, and he's already dead as uh, uh, as Doctor Savannah's father as well. So, <laughs> oh, all the kind of crazy mess that they could make. Uh, but we really need to wrap this up. <laughs> so I was just going to say, while they're at it, why not bring him back in as uh, this uh, sleazy executive from Gremlins Two? <laughs> uh, That's oh, Warner's you know property. They would make some stabs at Donald Trump because uh, Mr. Clamp was pretty much Donald Trump in Gremlins Two, so you know they'd make some jabs with that I one. Make a Gremlins Three, by the way. Ooh, yeah, I think I've heard <laughs> something about that. And speaking of Superman, I've also seen that the next animated DC feature is going to be Superman Red Sun. Which is kind of like a what if? That's yeah. basically what if uh, what if uh, Kal El had landed in Russia uh, and Soviet Russia? Yeah, Soviet Russian. Soviet Russian lands on you and, and the Russian uh, verbiage and the Russian use of speaking and the way of talking is what have you. Yeah, and then he meets this guy Peter Rasputin. They say, "Hey, aren't you in the wrong comic?" <laughs> All right, some people are going to get that, and some people are going to say, what's he talking about? Piotr, Piotr. Okay. <laughs> well, we already talked about Ileana, so. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, oh, but I guess we should say something, because I guess I'm going to wrap the entire show around this, because uh, we went a lot longer than I expected. But for a quick trailer park, oh my goodness, won't you be my neighbor? Uh, so this is the week. That Avengers Endgame surpassed Avatar for the highest grossing movie of all yes. time. I predict yes. this Mr. Rogers movie will be the next top grossing movie. I'm calling it right now. I might be wrong, but I'm calling it. <laughs> because who doesn't love Mr. Oh, Rogers? And don't underestimate the power of Tom Hanks. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, he did save the Simpsons movie. 
Because you have <laughs> generations, generations that have grown up with Mr. Rogers, either when he was still alive or even as they continue to play it, because there are kids that are still familiar with Mr. Rogers. It'd be almost like making a movie about Bob Ross, because this new generation of these, these kids, they know about Bob Ross, and they're watching him on YouTube, and they're watching him on Netflix. If, you, if they ever made a movie about Bob Ross, I think it would be a big deal, too. Yeah. So, I'm predicting this is going to be a high-grossing movie, because everybody, somehow or another, has some sort of childhood memories of watching Mr. Rogers. Mark it, print it, done. Next highest-grossing <laughs> movie. So I have said, so it shall be. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page where you can find out how to become an official lost boy or pixie because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander. Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit patreon.com slash neverlandpodcast to donate to keeping the pixie dust alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland Podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Hello, everybody. This is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast. We love you. Neverland Podcast. We love you. Neverland Podcast. It's true. Neverland Podcast. We love you. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.